Let's say hi to everybody at home. Good morning, everybody at home. We love and miss every one of you. We still have so many families that are worshiping from home still, and, and that's all right, amen. But I'm so glad that many are coming and uh, being able to be part of gathering together. There's just something about coming together, isn't there? Man, we need each other. And I believe God is just shifting his body right now, amen, and just positioning us right where we need to be. And I'm so excited. I want to share some news with you. Um, this week, the Lord just really challenged my spirit to call our church to a 21-day prayer and fasting. I'm so excited about this. And I know we, we did it the first of the year, but I'm really asking us to engage the middle of the year, a one more 21-day of fasting and prayer. Because I believe God is doing something very significant in the spirit and we want to be in tune we want to reroute every place of the enemy and I just want our church to be ready because I believe the floodgates of the people are coming back to the house of the Lord and we want to be prepared for them amen I believe signs wonders and miracles are coming and so what we're going to do during the 21 days is we will meet here every Thursday night for prayer so for three Thursdays we will meet in the sanctuary like we normally do for our corporate prayer so if that's something you're comfortable with and you want to be a part, please come on out. We're very, very excited about that. Amen. Every time we fast, something shifts. Something changes in the church when we come to together as a corporate fast. And I'm just hearing the call of the Spirit to commission this fast. I really believe this is what we're supposed to do in this season. Amen. So I'm excited. Well, I'm going to start a new series this morning. Uh, we're going to be doing four weeks um, on a topic that the Lord gave me this week called Lost. And I believe that we're coming into a season that God wants to give back everything to you that you've lost in whatever way that it could be. It can be financially, emotionally, spiritually. We're going to talk about a lot of these things that whatever it is that you have gone through in this last season, God is going to give it back to you. And God wants us to get in a position, get into a place of faith where we can receive the blessings of God, amen? It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what attachment, whether it's been betrayal or whether it's been abandonment or offense. At this moment in the kingdom of God, we cannot hang on to those things. It's time to let those things go, amen? I, I think I've been saying it in every service since we came back on May 31st. We've got to let go of the past. We cannot bring into the future what we've gone through. That is over with. God's grace, grace is in the past. Everybody shout grace, grace. grace, grace. Wave goodbye to the past. There's grace in it. Amen. We're going to let it go. We're going to let crazy people go. We're going to let people that we, that are trying to make us be still in bitterness and unforgiveness. No, we don't have time for that. Amen. Why? Because I'm looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of my faith. And my hands are just like this. I'm like, Jesus, gimme, gimme, gimme. Amen. I want back what the enemy stole in the seasons of my life. I want peace back. I want joy back. I need relationships back. Whatever was taken, it's mine for the receiving in this season. God wants to restore the things that are lost. Amen. And that's what my message is on this morning. And so maybe there's things that you've lost mentally, you know, where maybe you've gone through a mental anguish, lost a loved one, or there was a betrayal in your life. And everything that we're facing in the world today, there's so much uncertainty, isn't there? I mean, you never know what you're going to wake up to. I kind of feel like things are leveling down a little bit, you know. I feel like things have just, there's still chaos, but you still don't know what's 
going on, God? And so maybe in this season, there's been some mental anguish that you've been facing. Or maybe socially, you've lost friendships or relationships or somebody has betrayed you. And in that time, you've just lost yourself. You're not sure what God is doing. You're not sure where you're going. These are the things that God wants to give back to his kids. Amen. Maybe you've lost things in your life that are part of your destiny. Maybe in this time that we've gone through trials in the last year or whatever, you can't really see God's plan for your life anymore. You know, maybe we've lost our way to really have a vision. We just get up and we live every day, but we don't live our day with purpose. We don't live our our day with the plan of God or the joy of the Lord. And God wants to give that back to us. He has a plan for us. Amen. And so when you find yourself in a place where you've lost your heart and you've lost your soul, and then there's an emptiness in our life, there's a void. And what we do as humans, we're so good at covering up this place that we feel lost. I don't want anybody to know I'm lost. I want everybody to think I'm okay. I don't want the perception that maybe I don't know where I'm going or I'm kind of frustrated with God. So we put on this blanket of facade that life is good, right? And in reality, we're just swishing something under the carpet that God is saying, no, I want to restore back to you what you lost. No more pretending. No more acting like you're good. We have to say, God, give it all back to me in the name of Jesus. I want to sound mine. I want to sleep with sweet peace. I want to live with purpose and death. Whatever you want from the Lord, God wants to give that back to you. Amen. But we've got to say, God, I want what you have for me. And what happens when we get in a season of loss, some of us have lost churches. There's churches that are still not able to be open. There's loss. And what happens is when we have that, we get a desperate when you lose a relationship, you, you lose um, uh, maybe a friendship or uh, maybe you've lost a business or things that are just taking things out of your life and you get desperate and desperate people make mistakes. When you get in desperation to fix something that's been lost or broken, you want to put your hands on it and you want to make it happen. And that's where we make our mistakes because we get in our emotions. And God is saying it's not a season to stay in our emotions. We have to let go and let God be God. We've got to let go about what we think people perceive us as. At this point, who cares, amen? Who cares what it looks like? I just want to keep my eyes on Jesus to receive back what the enemy stole from me. So in that time of desperation, there's a hurt that's in our heart. We wonder, where are you, God? What is going on? You know, I said this in first service. You can pop on social media for 10 minutes, and you feel like God has forgotten you because you see a better marriage, you see a great vacation, you see a family happy, and all of a sudden you find yourself lost. And God, what are you doing in my life? Where are my dreams? Where are my desires? What do you have planned for my life, right? And we get desperate, and then what happens? We feel helpless. And then we feel overlooked. Has anybody ever felt that before? And then we feel confused because we're wondering, what is going on, God? Seems like everybody else is getting blessed, and the things that I've been believing you for has not come to pass yet. And wherever you're lost is where you will find the enemy. Wherever you're lost, you will find the enemy because that's his agenda. He comes to steal kill and destroy. And if he can get you lost in offense, in betrayal, or something that went wrong in your life, or something from your past, he is right in the middle of it. Because when you are lost, you cannot hear God. 
You cannot see God because now you're wrapped in your emotions. You need to come back into the fold of Jesus and say, I'm not going to give ear or eye to any of that anymore. I'm going to stay in peace. I'm going to stay in joy. And I'm going to get back what was taken from me. It is my time for recovery. And guess what? God wants to give it to you. It is not too late. He hasn't passed you by. He's not punishing you. You're not too old. You're not too young. You haven't failed too much. No, God wants to give it all back to you right now. Everybody say, right now. Right now. God has to give it to you right now, amen, because what's up in heaven has to come down here on earth in the name of Jesus. He said, this is how you pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it's already in heaven. So guess what? What you need is already in heaven. What your relationship, your children serving God, finances, businesses, whatever it is, is already done in heaven. And God says, if you'll believe me and you'll say you're worthy, I will bring it down here on earth. Amen? God is in the miracle working season right now, and he wants his kids to get their face stirred, get ourselves activated so that we can receive what God has for us. But if we are constantly looking in the past, we cannot see what God has in front of us. And I'm constantly looking back at anguish and pain and shame and what somebody thought about me, what they didn't think about me, how I got bypassed. None of that matters anymore. We're not going to look back anymore. I'm going to look to Jesus, and I'm going to put my faith and my trust in the Father. Amen? Listen, God wants to intervene on your situation, and we need to invite him in. I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to pretend like everything's okay. I need Jesus to intervene in my heart. I need Jesus to intervene in my brokenness. I need Jesus to intervene where I am lost, and I don't know where I'm going. Have you ever been driving down the road and you weren't using your GPS, just kind of you know where you're going, got your bearings, and, you know, Arizona's kind of gridlocked, so it's, you know, it's north and south, east and west. And, uh, but I've been driving where I made a turn, but all of a sudden nothing looks familiar to you. You're like, which direction am I even going? Like, I don't recognize that sign. I don't recognize that, that gas station. And for that moment, there's this confusion and this worry, and like, I just can't get my bearings of where I'm at, and it's almost a little fearful. And you're, you're, what are you, you're reaching for something to be familiar to me, something to make me feel like this is normal. And that's what we do when we're missing and lost. We're reaching for something to make us feel normal. I feel if I want something to fulfill me. And God says, I don't want any of that to fulfill you. I need to be the one to fulfill you. I need to be your peace and joy. If none of that ever comes to pass, you need to be settled in who you are in me. I told this story in first service, but and maybe some of you have heard it, but when I was in my dad's ministry in Bullitt, Wisconsin, our first church, I was uh, the administrator of the church. I had a beautiful office, beautiful windows. I was running the church. We had an on-fire youth ministry. I mean, things were popping in our church, and I used to walk and pray in our youth ministry, and I meant it, but I used to walk and pray, God, I do everything for the glory of you. It's all about you, Jesus, and not about me. I don't do any of this for me. And I'm crying out to God. And God's like, okay, let me test that. Let me see if there's really anything in there that you really are relying on me, or is there a lot of barb in there that still needs to come out of there? And he moved me to Mesa, Arizona to be a part of a church. He said, you aren't going to be a pastor. Not in a negative way, but there'll be no title. There's no fancy office. You get a cute little cubicle. You're not going to pray at the altar. All of these things. And I'm going, don't they know who I am? Don't they know I'm Barb Pruitt from Beloit, Wisconsin? And they're like, who is that? 
right? It's, it's that God takes away everything that you think makes you feel secure. He's going to remove all of that and say, no, it's going to about me. If I never get a title, I'm still going to serve Jesus. If I never do anything in the ministry, I'm still going to serve Jesus. If I don't get my heart's desire, I don't care because I'm the king's kid and I will settle on that no matter what. Why? Because I am not identified by what I do for God. I am identified by being his kid. Amen? And that's all that matters. And everything else is wonderful, but it's not who I am. So when you feel lost, I still got Jesus. When somebody demotes you, I still got Jesus. When somebody doesn't favor you, I still got Jesus. He's on my side. And when it's time for my promotion, he ain't going to miss me. God knows where to find me. He knows where 949 Bell Road is. He knows where my house is. He knows what job I'm at. God isn't surprised. When it's God's time, he'll show up at your door and that miracle will be released. It is not banking on man to promote you or to find you. It is about God in your life. So when, I, when I'm bypassed and I've lost my hope, I don't care. I'm okay. I got the joy of the Lord because I know that God is still on my side. When somebody betrays me, I know that God will go fight the battle for me. Sick him, Jesus. Right? I don't have to go try to mend. I don't have to do that. I can rest in peace in places when I feel lost. My mom said this to me when I was uh, young. I wanted to do so much for Jesus. And I was like everywhere trying to do everything. And she says, you're like a cat in a, a box full of mice. And she says, you get a mouse in each paw and one in the mouth. And you can't enjoy anything. And that's how we are. We, I just need to be happy. I'm going to fulfill my life. And we're so full. And God's like, let it all go. Enjoy the moment. I'm going to be in the moment, and then I'll be in the next moment. I'll be in the favor. I'm going to never leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And that's where we can get our peace from when, what? When I'm lost. Why? Because Jesus is going to intervene in what I'm going through. But when we're desperate, what happens? We get hurt, and we don't understand in those seasons of brokenness. And hurt people hurt people. And we have so much tearing in the kingdom. So many people tearing down other believers, tearing down churches, running their mouths. What? Because hurt people hurt people. Because things happen in our life. But when you're walking in love, when you're walking and trusting God, everything's going to be okay. I know that Jesus is going to intervene in my situation. Amen? So there's the uh, normal sense of being lost in life, things that we um, are able, not able to find our way, um, things that I've cared about, I lost, I can't be in control of a situation or someone, something that I'm believing God for is beyond my reach. Has anybody ever been there? I don't feel like I'm no longer in use or important. Something's missing and something's been stolen. Those are things that we feel lost in our life. And that happens, doesn't it? It happens in our life. But if you look at the biblical meaning of lost and what it means, it's the Greek word, and the girls have it to put on the screen, apolumai, tried to say it earlier, apolumai, and it means this, to destroy, to ruin. Now, who does that sound like? The devil. The devil comes to steal. So who wants you to lose? The devil. He wants you to get wrapped up in the things that you've lost that you have no control of to what? Ruin you, to cause destruction to cause you to fail to obtain something. You ever just try to reach for something and it just never gets into your grip? Um, lose everything one possesses or to be led astray. Do you see how the enemy wants to keep you in lost places of your emotions? If you look up that word where the Satan comes to steal, that, that word for Satan is Apollyon. I'll spell it for you, A-P-O-L-L-Y-O-N, Apollyon. And it actually is a name for Satan and his enemies. And it's one who leads people into a condition of lostness. 
So whenever you feel lost, when you ever feel abandoned, when you feel betrayed, when you're in these emotions of things of your past, is right where the enemy wants you. That's his job. That's his tactic is to bring you alone, to pull you away from the fold, pull you away from relationships so that he can have his way with you. But when I'm lost, I know I'm going to trust that he will find me. And I'm going to put my trust back in the Lord for everything that I'm desiring. Amen. So let's look at this this morning. There's some things that we lost, and I'm just kind of setting a stage for this message, but maybe you've lost your direction. I believe that the reason why many of us get lost in our life and our walk with God is because tragedy happens. There's some kind of betrayal. There's a failure that happens, right? There's something that causes shame in our life, and it causes us to be lost in our emotions and what God is doing. And so maybe you've lost your direction. Where is God at? Where am I going? You know, do you wake up every day and not really have a purpose? Do you wake up every day and not know that God has a plan for your life? You've been lost in your direction. God has a plan for your life. Whatever it is, may not be pulpit ministry. It could be reaching sports kids on sports teams. It could be writing children's curriculum. But there's a purpose. God has a plan for your life, amen? He doesn't want you to wake up every day and just aimlessly wonder if something's going to happen in your life. He's a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. So if you've lost your way, you have lost direction. You are lost, and you need to find your way back to Jesus. Maybe you feel like you've lost time. You hit a certain age. Man, you just, time just goes by, doesn't it? It's like it just flies, and you feel like your time's passed you by. Boy, that's the biggest lie of the enemy. If you're breathing air, you have not lost your time. Amen? You've got time to lift up the name of Jesus. You have time to do something for the kingdom of God. Your time is not over until you breathe your last breath and go into eternity. And then we just get to worship Jesus forever. Maybe you've lost your significance. You don't feel valuable. Like I felt when I left my parents' church, I lost my title. I wasn't the pastor's kid anymore. I had to learn to build a ministry on my giftings and callings and not because I'm the pastor's kid. Right? My significance was ripped from me. I was lost. But in that moment is where I could really find Jesus. And it became the anchor of my soul. It became the character of who I am. That no matter what I do in my life, I learn my lesson in that lost season to trust on Jesus. So then when the next time comes for promotion or whatever, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to hurt people on purpose anyway, you know. I'm not going to do things. Why? Because I learned my character in this season. So when God takes me to the next, I'm ready for what he has for me. Amen. God's always maturing us, isn't he? He builds line upon line, precept upon precept. That's what the Bible says. Here a little, there a little. And we come to Jesus. We come with all of our junk, don't we? But God's like, well, I'm going to get in that junk. I'm going to take a little bit away and put some character there. Take a little bit away and put some trust there. He, this is how good God is. He doesn't just go in and rip you apart. That's legalism. That's the law. We can never fulfill the law. But, boy, I can receive his grace and allow him to just make me, make me a man of God, make me a woman of God, right? Make me a great father. Make me a great mother or, or mentor, whatever it is in your, heart, in your heart. Maybe you've lost fulfillment. You've lost hope. Maybe there's been opportunities lost or dreams. There's ways that the enemy causes us to be stuck in lost seasons. But God, Pastor Ginger made me a bracelet. She t it says, but God. Because it can put that in everything, but God. The world may say this, but God says another thing. So let's look at Luke. We're going to go to the word now. Luke chapter 19. I love this story. This is a story about little Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Do you remember it? He climbed up in a sycamore for, for what to see? 
Oh, see, for the Lord he wanted to see. So here you got little, little Zacchaeus. Now you have to understand Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He was hated by men because he took all their money. So he didn't have a social circle. And he also didn't have a religious circle because he worked for the government. So nobody really liked the tax collectors. But Zacchaeus got to a place in his life that he wanted to meet Jesus. And this is what I want you to see. He'd heard about Jesus. Everybody say heard. He heard about Jesus. See, the first thing you have to do to get out of a lost place is you've got to hear the voice of Jesus calling you back. You're going to hear Jesus saying, come on home. I want to come and sit with you. I want to talk with you. But if you keep bowing your knee to how you feel and what you think and what the past decides about you, you'll never let Jesus in. He gave us a free will. We can hang on to it or we can say, no, Jesus, I'll do whatever it takes to get you into my house. You've got to hear God saying, put the past behind you. You've got to hear God saying, my heaven is open for you. My favor is there for you. My blessing is there for you. What was broken, I'm going to restore it. What was stolen, I'm going to give back a hundred times fold is what the Bible says. But you have to hear what God is saying. Or you could just say, he had many obstacles. Zacchaeus heard about Jesus. Jesus had just performed the blind man. He had heard the miracles of Jesus. But Jesus was coming into Jericho, and there was too many people blocking Jesus. See, we can look at the blocks. We can look at the obstacles that keep us away. We have so many excuses why we want to stay in what we're going through. And some of them are justifiable. You have justifiable reasons why you're where you're at. But you've got to get to a place in your life to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of using that excuse. I'm tired of being where I'm at. I've got to get Jesus and I'll do whatever it takes. And that's where Zacchaeus was. So let's look at verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Verse 3. And he sought to see who Jesus was. There was something inside Zacchaeus that was not a normal day. He heard about Jesus, but he said, I've got to seek him. I have to find who this Jesus was. And that word sought means this, I have to crave change. I have to demand change. If you really want Jesus to show up, you've got to desire it past anything else. And you've got to demand the kingdom of heaven to begin to move in your life. This wasn't just a, oh, well, I hope Jesus fixes it. I hope it all gets better. No, I'm demanding in the name of Jesus, heaven, you will open up. Favor is going to open up. Blessing is going to open up. There was many things Zacchaeus could have looked at, but he said, I'm not going to look at one thing. I'm aiming for this one thing. I'm not going to scatter to 50 things. I need this one thing, and I need Jesus, and I need his restoration, and I need change, and I don't know what it is, but I've got to have Jesus. That's where we got to get. I don't care what I look like. I may look crazy, but I got to have Jesus. My family thinks I'm nuts, but I got to have Jesus. I'm going to trust him in this season like I've never trusted him before. Why? Because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about me. I need Jesus. And I want restoration. And I want joy. And I want friendships. And I want a healthy marriage. These are the things God wants to give you. Amen. So what does it say? He sought to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Verse 4, for he ran ahead, listen to this, he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. 
What does Zacchaeus do? He goes, I'm going to run, and I'm going to climb up this sycamore tree because I'm going to do whatever it takes to find Jesus. And I know they don't like me. I know this crowd don't want me around. Just think how he felt. Maybe Jesus was even going to reject him. He was not loved by people. And how is Jesus going to spot Zacchaeus in this tree when there's thousands of people around? What hope did he have? The only thing that Zacchaeus had was faith. Because he said, I got determination. I don't know how Jesus is going to see me. There's all these thousands of people with knees, and I don't know how I'm going to stand out, but I'm going to get to a place of crazy faith where I can see Jesus. you got to climb up your faith, get out of this local level thinking, and begin to see by the Spirit what does Jesus see. you got to get your faith up there. Amen. We can't stay normal in this season. We have to get up and say, I may look crazy for trusting God. I may be crazy for forgiving that person. I may be crazy for letting go of unforgiveness and could care less what happens, but I need Jesus to come right back in my life. And so what did he do? He ran and he climbed the sycamore tree. The sycamore tree was a sturdy, wide open limbs. And it also, it was a fig tree that bore fruit. See, when you have the hear the voice of God and your faith is activated to go up, you will climb right up to a tree bearing fruit. He has no recourse but to bless you. Why? Because Jesus is attracted to faith. And when you have faith, you will produce the fruit on your tree. God will climb you right up in that tree that's full of fruit for yours to have. And then what happened? So he ran ahead, climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was passing this way. Verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, what did Jesus do? He looked up and saw him. What happened? Jesus is walking with the crowd, so many that Zacchaeus couldn't even get through. But because of Zacchaeus' faith, when Jesus sensed his faith, Jesus looked up at him. See, when you get faith activated, you get the attention of Jesus. Everybody was there, but where did, what did Jesus do? He saw Zacchaeus in a sycamore tree. When you get your faith activated and said, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to believe God, this is going to be a great year of restoration, God's going to give it all back to me, you've got the attention of Jesus. And what did he say? Zacchaeus, come on down, young man, because I'm about to go into your home, a home that, was, that people actually attacked Jesus over. Jesus is going to show up at your house and have a conversation. Now listen, the moment that Zacchaeus heard Jesus and he activated by faith, his heart was instantly changed. See, your heart can't be changed until you move by faith. Well, I need you to change it here, God. You know, there's the crowd, but Lord, fix me, Lord, I'm asking you to do that. God's like, no, when you step out by faith and you let go is when I'll change your heart. And we want God to change our heart over here before we elevate ourselves to receive from God. And that's not how God works. He's out, but I will change you when that happens. So what happened? Zacchaeus, make haste, verse 5. Come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with the man who is a sinner. Religious people will always cut down, right? Religion will always put the law back on you. But Zacchaeus didn't care. Neither did Jesus. Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any false, anyone by false accusations, I will restore fourfold. What happened? His heart was changed. One moment in God's presence, his heart was changed. If you're lost, you need a heart change. If you're disappointed, you need a heart change. 
And this is a lost season for the church, for the world, for people. Things can get lost, and Jesus doesn't want you to stay there any longer. We need him to come and change our hearts, don't we? We need to get our faith activated and get on fire and know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what did Jesus say in verse 9? And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. As soon as he heard the faith of Zacchaeus, he said, salvation has come to this house. And we think of salvation as eternal life. How many are so thankful for eternal life? Thank you, Jesus. We're going to breathe one, you know, our last breath here. We're going to wake up into eternity, worshiping with the angels and praising God 24-7, right? But salvation just isn't eternity. Salvation is the miracle-working power of God here on earth. That word salvation in that translation means deliverance. Well, I don't need deliverance in heaven. I need deliverance on earth, amen? It means a happiness. It means to rescue, well-being of your soul. It means prosperity. Salvation is the fullness of the word of God. If you can find it in the word, that is your salvation blessing. He says, so because Zacchaeus, you climbed up in the tree and you had crazy faith, salvation has come to your household. Amen? That's what we need God to do in our life. We need to crave God. We need to aim at this place where we want the joy of the Lord back again. The joy of serving God again. Going back to our first love with the Father. This, this, this world, and we'll just speak for the states, but the states have been, we're so busy in our life that we come to church, but we've really lost that passionate love for the Father. We've lost that hunger for the things of the Spirit. We're faithful. and we, It's not that we don't love God, but I'm talking about that passion for the loss and the hurting and the miracles and the manifestation of the Spirit here on earth. God is calling his church to arise and be hungry again. And if we get lost in all of this garbage of the world, we will miss the moment of what he's really doing on the inside of us. It's not to be lost, it's to lose the world, forsake the world, and follow him. Amen? That's what God is doing in this season. And there's no greater joy than doing the kingdom. And, and it's a slow turn. You know, you don't turn the Titanic around overnight, right? That Titanic takes a little, but God is moving his church just like this. Listen, this is prophetic. He's moving his church. And he's putting us where we need to be focused on the world. Focused on the hurting. We're launching Celebrate Recovery here in August, I think. And, and there, there's people going out and winning people. We're going to bring the street people in, and we're going to pray for them. We're going to get them through the Bible, and we want to see them healed and delivered. That's the kingdom of God. It's not just us gathering and doing all these great services, and that's a part of it, but that's not the church. The church is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The church is to see signs, wonders, and miracles on the street, in the Walmart parking lot, at the gas station, right? That's the miracle. That's what the church is to look like. But if we're so busy in our world and we get just enough church and just enough Jesus, we feel good. So we don't feel any sense of responsibility to go into all the world and preach the good news. But now God's kind of got me lost. I don't know what my job looks like. I don't know what church like. I don't know what it all looks like, but I know what Jesus looks like. And I'm Zacchaeus going, Jesus! Come into my house, Jesus. I need you. I'm lost. I don't know what's happened, but I need you. Amen. We're going to put a demand on the Lord. So let's talk about what that means. In, in uh, Luke 19, oh, keep going. Let me finish up this story. It said, salvation has come to your house. Now look at verse 10. Verse 10 is the mission statement of Jesus. This is why Jesus came. 
And he did all of that with Zacchaeus to share his mission. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What is Jesus doing? He's seeking for you. Do you know how Zacchaeus sought? I said earlier he sought Jesus. He put a demand. He aimed at it. It was like his one mission. That word, when Jesus said, I seek to save the lost, that word seek is the same Greek word. Jesus is aiming at you. He's like, I love you. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't abandoned you. My word is yes and amen still over your life. I don't care what the circumstances say. Jesus is looking at you and he's wanting you to connect your faith to what he says. Amen? It's not based on anything, but based on Jesus is there. So that word, seek and save, the Greek means to save. Restore means to save. That's Jesus' mission is to save you. Save you in your brokenness, save you in your shame, save you in your um, offense, save you when you feel overlooked, right? Jesus is there to save you from whatever it is, things of the past. And the Greek word, now we're talking about restoration, the Greek word means this, to bring back or put back into a former or original state. God's going to put what was taken right back in your life like it never, like it never left. He's going to give you well-being. He's going to bring healing. He's going to restore you, and he's going to begin to rebuild what was destroyed in your life. That's the God of restoration. And the moment that you begin to trust him, he'll begin to put the pieces back together that were broken. But we have to trust him in the process, amen? And who is that restorer? Jesus is the restorer. Jesus is the one that makes well. Jesus is the one that heals you. Jesus is the one that restores in your life. Jesus the restorer is the one who leads people into a condition of restoration. Who does Jesus want to heal? Those who are lost, those who've lost their direction, lost their heart. He wants to heal those that don't feel significant. He wants to give you lost opportunities back. How many want those back? He wants to give you lost opportunities back. And he wants to give back your love for those who have lost God. And how do we do that? I'm going to wrap this up this morning. How do we do that? Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. And if you open up 1 John chapter 1, the very, what is it, verse 4, I think, it says this. He wrote this letter, John wrote this letter, that your joy may be full. So what he's about to address here in this letter is to restore your joy. And what does God want to give back to you? Your joy. And how does he do that? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not lo love, know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only son into the world that we might live through him, through him. Verse 10, in this love, not that we loved God. Listen, this is the answer. He sent his son, not because we loved God, but what? That God loved us. Listen, God loved you first. You didn't choose to love God and then God loved you. God chose to love you first. He loves you in your mess. He loves you in brokenness. He loves you when you feel ashamed. 
He loves when you don't feel significant. He loves you. Nothing you've done or could do could change the love of God. His love is unconditional. And if this is any truth you could ever get in the word of God that needs to come so alive on the inside of you, it should be that clickbait no matter what you go through. God loves you. God has a future for you. God has a plan for you. It is not based on what you do or your works. He loves you because he chose you first. And that means if I don't feel significant, it's okay because he loves me anyway and he believes in me anyway. Doesn't matter what people think about me because he loves me and believes in me anyway. If you will hang on to this unconditional love of God in your life. Verse 17 says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because we are his and we are in this world. So there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Why? Because fear involves torment. When you're lost, what do you feel? I feel tormented. I don't feel loved. I don't feel valuable. I don't feel like I'm important. I don't feel like God has a plan. There's a torment. And God says, my love is not in fear. And if you're feeling fearful and tormented, go back to my unconditional love. Know that I'm there. Know that I'm rooting for you. Know that I'm aiming at you. I'm demanding it, the Lord says. God has his mind set on you. And verse 19 is everything. We love him because he first loved us. End of story. I believe I have a future because he first loved me. I believe he wants to heal me of a divorce that was bad because he first loved me. I believe he has a great helpmate for me because he first loved me. Doesn't matter what I've done or don't. I know God will do it for me. I don't have to be lost. He is seeking to find me. He sent his son to bring redemption for my sins so that I could always be found. I don't have to be hopeless. I don't have to be wringing my hands. I don't have to be in fear. I just have to love Jesus and know that he is on my side. Why? I love him because he loves me. Isn't that beautiful? That's the best love story you could ever have. That's the most romantic story you could ever have. Read Song of Solomon. It's, it's how Jesus looks at the church. I love you. God loves you. And he'll never stop loving you. He loves you from your past. He loves you for the mistakes of the future. And he loves you right now. Amen. His love is undeserved. His love is unearned. It's unaffected by my past. <laughs> it's unaffected by my future. It's unending and it's unfailing. His love is so big. And he wants to restore your life, your health, your soul, your joy, your purpose, your destiny, everything. He wants to give it back to you. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the God of restoration. Lord, anyone watching, Lord, online and in their homes or later viewing and even in this sanctuary right now, God, you are restoring your people back to life. Lord, quicken us, awaken us. Let us have a faith like Zacchaeus to say, I don't care what it looks like. I'm climbing that tree. I'm positioning myself to receive what you have for me, God. We will not let people's opinions or insignificance keep us lower than we need to be, God. We will rise in our faith. We will rise in our trust for you, Father God. Give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say, Lord. 
give us eyes to see, and every place that the enemy has kept them down and broken and entangled to the past, we break those unnatural soul ties in the name of Jesus. Set them free, God. Set them free to serve you, to love you. They are not bound to past relationships, to the opinions of their parents, God, to any labels that have been put on them, but they have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and they are new creations in Christ Jesus. Today, God, today is a new day, and I give you praise that we are going to receive the restoration of the things that have been lost in our life, and we will rest in it, and we will expect it until it happens. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Love you.